This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do this shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I Warner. want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilling, you little wankers. We're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> what is up, TIW Mafia? It's the Yeti. We're hanging out. Uh, Alex is back in the green room right now. As you can see, um, Wrestling News Horse, we're, we're proud to be for him to be a part of, of really what we're doing right now, and that's uh, bringing up our our next step interviews, like the people that we feel are the individuals that are paving the way. Um, anywhere from from Finn Balor to Masha Slamovich to even Anthony Green um, have appeared here, and it's it's an honor for us to be able to promote. People like this, um, we encourage you to support, buy their uh, T-shirts, buy their stuff, follow them on social media, um, get in it. Because I'm telling you right now, Alex Kane uh, is a guy that, that you definitely want to be following and keeping your eye on. A little bit of back history, and this comes directly from MLW.com, their website. It is MLW.com. Uh, Alex Kane, he's the captain of, he's going to kill me if I don't say this right, the Boomaye Fight Club. Um, he's also referred to as the Mohawk master of the suplex and the mission is submission with 100 plus suplexes in his arsenal. Alex Kane traps, tosses adversaries with ease and dominance for crushing their spines and necks, man. And I've seen some of these suplexes, dude, and he is an absolute machine. So without further ado, I would, uh, like to just take the chance to bring Alex in uh, at Alex underscore Kane 11. Please follow him on social media, buy his shit. And dude, what's up, man? Hope what's you can up? hear it. Hope what's you're up? All right. Finger guns, finger <laughs> guns. <laughs> dude. So for, we talked a little bit about this, but I, I, the first thing I want to tell you is like, I love your branding. I love how you are proud of exactly who you are uh, and that you're not afraid to, shuffle the card so to speak man so welcome to the irish whip i'm proud to have you here oh thank you for having me thank you for the compliment um i always tell people um when i'm out when i when i'm on stage or in the ring i'm just being myself turned up to like 15 so i just try to be that in every aspect of like being a professional wrestler on social media and stuff like that. And I also try to treat people like their people and not like their transactions or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I just try to be a good person. That is the key to who we are and that our heart and soul as we are Irish boys is mm-hmm. uh, we are all about family. And I, I cannot tell you how much. I appreciate the fact that you make the fans first and how much time do you spend on social media? Do you think, like, man, is, is, I spend. Uh, see, I don't. I, I think a lot of wrestlers hate social media. Um, me personally, like, that's kind of like where I grew up. Like when I was like a young Alex Kane, like in like high school, like, like I, you know, I'm gonna get real personal here. Do uh, it. Like talking. Like I didn't. I was way too anxious and had like way too much anxiety or whatever to talk to actually talk to some girls in person. So I did most of my dating online or whatever. So I kind of, I grew up in the, in the online dating era or whatever, you know, on Facebook, on, on, what was it? Meet me. Or it was my yearbook at the time. That was, that was my main squeeze there. Um, so like, 
like now as an adult, I don't mind being on social media. I'd rather I'd rather be there and have that occupying my time um, if I'm out at the gym or at work or, or wrestling. Um, so I spend a I spend a, I probably spend more time than I should on social media. Do you? I, I it's a so it's generational, man. I'm I'm 47 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm a I'm a preschool teacher. I hang out with four and five year olds all day long. Mm-hmm. Like I hear I hear like the most honest stories you could ever hear from kids. Um, do you really do you feel like your generation? And I don't mean that as like an ageist thing, but your generation mm-hmm. understands that is a it is a tool if you allow it to be a tool, and it can destroy you if you allow it to destroy you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think think we I think we understand that. Um and then like also even though you like understand it like sometimes you sometimes you slip up. So like you got to you kind of got to stay in your Ps and Qs at all times when it comes to social media cuz like the wrong the something can be misconstrued by somebody um and it can it can bring up a conversation or two about that and that could go really really bad. Um, so like I personally, like for a while there, like I was trying to like have feuds on Twitter. Cause I thought that that would get people, get me booked. I mean, logically, logically speaking, you think that's how it would work. Like you start a feud on Twitter or whatever, it leads to a booking of some kind. That's not how it works. Most bookers just think you're, you're a mark at that point. So now I just post wrestling content and like like TikToks that I think are funny. Like it's never I never try to make try to put out anything um, like offensive or that could offend anybody or whatever. But like, because I mean, generally speaking, like something's gonna offend everybody. But something that's like 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 wildly like offensive within society or whatever that you know like being racist being homophobic all the, all those things you know those things are not things that you should be sharing if you have if you have those thoughts and stuff keep them to yourself and change them at some point but like i try to keep that off of my social media like today i saw a, i saw two tiktoks one a chick married her stepdad wild dude i saw that too I yeah. saw. I could not believe that. Like the happiest day of her life was marrying her stepdad. Yes, that what, that maybe was I insane. maybe I saw your TikTok, but I was like, "What the hell?" And then the other one that I saw was a chick uh, got pregnant by her dad. But I, as wild as that sounds, okay, as wild as that sounds, or whatever. It wasn't like it wasn't like a conscious decision. Like, oh, I'm gonna get with my dad. Her her dad left her family or whatever when they were younger, and then came back, and then they met later on in life. But she didn't know that it was her father. So then she finds out after she gets pregnant. Um, that See, it's there's her always dad. context, dude. There's always context yeah. to the story, that's, right? That yeah, there's always there's. I think that's a thing that people kind of like forget sometimes when it comes to social media is that there's always context. Um, so like you got to get like the whole story. Um, to like really like make your make your decision. See, we're, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break down the fourth wall in podcasting. Is we use our social media as a tool, and we, like you, mm-hmm. um, are very conscious of what we share, how we say it, what we say, um, and that's because I, I really feel like we grow up. Depending on where we grow up, we're all influenced. We have biases that we're raised with mm-hmm. without question like that yeah. happens like when they talk about and you can tell me to, to shut up like i'm not touching that but to, being a preschool teacher and and knowing how you can rewire a kid's brain mm-hmm. i firmly and honestly believe that that when we talk about whether it's trauma or people that are impoverished as they refer to or underprivileged mm-hmm. it is really a, a generational thing yeah and I can appreciate the fact that you, you are are conscious about that and that there may be some six, seven, eight-year-old boy whose dad watches MLW every Tuesday, right, on Reels TV now, mm-hmm. and you're the guy that, that he falls in love with because it's important. And when he's like, man, he gets older, he wants to follow on social media. Who's this guy about? What's it all about? What he's going to see is professionalism, um, a conscience – Right. Mm, yeah. But also, somebody understands that it's a tool. 
and yeah. I can use this to promote myself and I can use this to get myself over and I can use it to get my brand over. And that's why like we go after guys like you, like I, when you messaged, I was like, yeah, man, this is, this is amazing because your brand and what you do and how you promote it's professional. It's, um, it's from the heart. And that's what we look for is dudes like you that are beasts in the ring mm-hmm. that are just straight monsters I'm going to be honest, man. When I, I started researching, I listened to some of these interviews. I didn't watch. I listened. Mm-hmm. You are such a soft-spoken man, but you are a beast in the yeah. ring. Like, how do you do that? I, I, that? I think that's a part of, like, being turned, like, being turned up. Like, um, like when I – for me, it's the, – the, the, for me, the trigger is my music. So when I hear my music, then I know it's time. Let's, let's go. It's time to turn it up. Um, and like leave the soft spoken, like nice guy, uh, like like in the back. Or if I'm doing a promo, like uh, when I see that red light on, like okay, it's time to put that soft spoken, nice guy in the back or whatever, and bring out the loud mouth. Because um, I've been talking, I've been talking junk my entire life, like like even since I was a little like a little kid. Because like when I was growing up, I was like I was skinny. I was a real skinny kid. Um. And like I had, I had this confidence in myself that I didn't know where it came from. I had no reason to be this confident, but I was so confident. Um, and like I could, I could talk. I sometimes, sometimes I could back it up. Sometimes I couldn't. I got to be honest. Sometimes I talk a big game and not be able to back it up. Other times I could. Um, so now I just take that and bring that to wrestling. But in wrestling, I can always back it up. So right. Yeah. Who? When did you? And this is why. So when you? When did you realize? Like this is. I want to be a professional wrestler. You've probably been asked this a thousand times. Um, But I. I want to know. Like when did you? Two things. Like when did you like? Think like, oh, that would be fun. And then two, what do you remember the specific day when you're like, I want to make this my job. Um, the day that I the. I was watching uh, Raw with my dad. It was Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker for the undisputed title. It was a ladder match. Take a beat the the beat Jeff Hardy within an inch of his life. But um, that was a seeing Jeff Hardy come out. Um, I mean, I've I watched wrestling several times before that. Had the action figures, played the games, all that. But that day, seeing Jeff Hardy come out there. Like, I was like, I looked back at my dad, and I was like, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. That's what I want to do with my life. Uh, and that's always been the goal. Um, and then the day that I actually, like, buckled down and did it was, it was after my sophomore year in college, um, and I was going to take a break. That break has been very, very long. Very, very long. I need to go back. Me very, too. Very Don't worry. Me too, man. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, I'm going to give this professional wrestling thing a try. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it or not. But if I don't give it a try, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. And if I give it a go and it doesn't work out, then then like nobody can ever say I never tried to follow my dreams. Um, so... Uh, I had, I looked up some schools. There was two in my area. There was a Robert Gibson school that was in Douglasville. Cause I, that's where I went to school in Douglasville, Georgia. Um, and then there was, uh, Air Fox school, which is a little bit further, um, in Atlanta, this, uh, Fulton industrial area or whatever, real, real interesting area. Um, so I interesting had, is a great choice of words. Interesting is a great choice of word. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I went to the Robert Gibson school, but like there was nobody there. And he, he was like, I guess either him or whomever like ran like the office part of the, was like really, really hard to like get in touch with. Um, so I ended up going to, uh, an air, an A4 school show, um, one Thursday, and it was somebody's graduation match. And all the students were around the ring. They were beating on the ring or whatever. They're getting everything hyped up. Like, it really felt like a family. Um, so, like, I had got to talk to some of the people afterward and, like, hey, I want to sign up. Um, and then I came back the next week and talk, and actually got to talk to Fox. And I didn't, I didn't know who Fox was 
before this. Like no I, shit. I, no shit. No shit. No idea who Air Fox was. That's awesome. Um, it, it really was because the the like hold on. So uh like I look at the school and whatever, I'm like, okay, he's on Lucha Underground or whatever. I think I've seen that a few times. He has all these connections to so all these other shows or whatever. That's cool. Um so when I walk into the building and like I like, hey, I'm here to sign up. And I see Fox. Fox is one shirtless. Two, he walks up, and you know how me when you see somebody important or whatever, you don't know yeah. why you think they're important, but you just you can just feel like the energy that they give off. Yeah, they walk with energy. They walk. With yeah, purpose. like that's. I got goosebumps through my body. I'm like, I don't even know who this man is, but I'm. I definitely know this man is like serious, like about you know wrestling, um, and like he was the most. He's he is. He at the time and now he's the most humble man like ever. Like he there's no he has no business being that humble, but he's very, very humble. Um but he like he sat there, he answered all of my questions. Um and like from that day on, like he let me get in the ring that day. I didn't even pay yet, but he let me get in the ring that day or whatever. And we just did some roles and stuff like that. Um, but like getting up into the wrestling ring for the first time was crazy to me. It's like, yo, I'm really in a wrestling ring right now. Yo, this is crazy, bro. This is crazy. Um, but like since day one, he's always been like in my corner. Um, like sometimes we're not always like on the same wavelength, which isn't a bad thing or whatever. Our brains are in two different places, but like, he's always been in my corner. Um, and like he was the part, he was the person to tell me because I because I think I it took me about like six months to debut. So he was the person that told me like, hey, you really got a chance to make it in this business. And he don't tell that to everybody. Um, so for him to tell me that or whatever, like I didn't I didn't really believe it at the time or whatever because I was just like, okay, he's just telling me this to blow smoke in my ass. But like kind of as time has gone on, like, I've started to realize, yeah, yo, I really got a chance, I really got, like, a special chance to, like, make an impact on his business. That's Sorry, huge. No, 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 that, dude, this is your, this is you, this is, this is us, and the fact that you bring up A.R. Fox, and I understand how you don't know the man, right, before you go to the school. You're, like, mm-hmm. you're just looking up schools, you find it, because me, when I was back at your age, like I was tape trading, we were we were on message boards, we were doing st- stupid early nineties two thousands internet <clears throat> shit. Now you can just stream it wherever you want, and you know it's pro wrestling is a game of whose shit can you steal first. Yeah, but it it to me, um, it, it speaks to he's got that aura, man. You can't deny <clears throat> it. Like you cannot deny it. And now getting the chance to see him like in a spot like at AEW doing his thing. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and you're right. Like AR Fox doesn't just come up to say to anybody and say, you got what it, you got it. You got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It, it's willing. It's, it's a matter of willing. You're willing to accept it mm-hmm. or, or not. And I, I feel like when, when, when I say like, accept it, it is be teachable, mm-hmm. uh, be a listener, but also be a leader. And yeah, most definitely. Ask. Oh, oh my! God. I up. I overloaded that man with so many questions, so many questions. Like I would stay after training or whatever, knowing that I needed to get home and like get stuff done and go to sleep. But I would say after training to ask this man every question I could think of because I just wanted to be great. Do you? I feel, and I, I sometimes I ask this question. Sometimes I don't. But do you feel like you've are there any regrets right now? Like I should have done this or I shouldn't have that. Or, or when you made that decision, like you're you're spending the time like I don't care. I, this guy, I'm gonna ask questions till AR tells me get the hell out of here. Like I'm busy, I gotta go, like I got a family, I gotta eat. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're de- that dedicated. Like do you feel like that's a do you feel like that's a fault? Because I don't. Like that's No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I tell the guys, the young the guys coming up at the school, because I feel like they don't ask enough questions. Um, they're just trying to figure it out on their own. And I tried to do that for a little bit of period of time where I was like, you know, I'm just going to figure this out. But like, if you have this wealth of knowledge in AR Fox, who's wrestled everybody on TV or whatever, before he even got, before he even got TV, wrestled everybody <laughs> right? else on TV or whatever. So he has this wealth of knowledge and all of the things that he told us weren't his own opinion or whatever, weren't things that he thought we should do. These are things that people who are making millions of dollars 
uh, wrestling in WWE at the time uh, had told him so that he was relaying that information to us. Um, so I always try to tell these guys like one, what, one of the things he, one of the best things he told us is to watch, just watch nothing but wrestling for like six months. Um, so that's what I did. Um, and then like also just ask all the questions that you have, like no questions, stupid. The only stupid question is the one that wasn't asked. Um, so like, I think that's really what helped me. Um, and then also like he would like he, we would, we would have the school show. Um, and then like all the fans would leave. We'd go get food, like the wrestlers, we'd go get food somewhere. We'd come back to the school. They had like a TV there and we would watch the matches back one by one. And he would give us critiques right then and there. That's that, huge. That is that huge. Was, that was, that, that was a golden era. He doesn't really have the time to do that now. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I, I know, I know he will like critique people's matches, but I don't think people take advantage of it. Um, but that, that, oh my God, that was like, the, when I think about it now, that was extremely valuable. Cause like you're getting his honest thoughts right here and now or whatever. Cause like after a match, he doesn't want to blow your high. And I think he's talked about this in an interview or two. Like after a match, you ask him how the how I feel like the match or not. He was like, "Yo, it was fire or whatever." And they, that's not his honest answer most of the time or whatever. But he doesn't want to blow your high or whatever if you thought the match was amazing right, right. then and there because that's the worst. But after you've had time to sit on it or whatever and we watch it back, then he can be like, "Hey, you did. You could do this, 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 and this much better." How many times after you? Like you, if you whether you ask a question or not, he's like, "Yo, that match was fire." Like mm-hmm. you took that day before you knew that you were going to talk to him. How many times did you replay those matches in your head and were like, oh, "I should have done this. I should have done that." And then when you went and talked to him, he's like, "He, you heard the same thing you heard in your own voice." Mm-hmm. Um, honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. I most of the matches that almost all the matches that I've had, I can't remember after after that final bell rings. Um, it's, it's the worst. It's been like that. It's been like that since, since high school. Let me tell you, school. dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now as a fan, that is not the worst because that is the absolute motherfucking gold for a fan because you are in the moment and then it's yeah. over. And then you move on to the next one. That's what I think I appreciate more so much about your profession is that you guys are writers, directors, producers, story writers, editors. Mm-hmm. all of that when you get in the ring and you get to tell that story and then you move on to the next one. The fact that you don't rem not necessarily remiss because you will, you go back and watch it. was like, Oh yeah, shit. That was awesome. But like you move on from it. You're like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Dude, that to me, that's hunger. And I think that's, it's really what attracts me to guys like you in this newer generation is because to me, I feel like you get it. Like yeah. if, if somebody says, "Hey, there's whether it's AWWD or whatever MLW," if if somebody that you know is in the business and you're like, "Hey, I'm going down," maybe you should come down. Uh, just ride along, right? Ride mm-hmm. along. And the only reason I bring this up is because I've I'm here, starting to hear that people don't ride along anymore. People yeah, don't just really. go along for the ride. Are you serious? So you're confirming this for me? Oh yeah, like I mean, even like. Before before MLW, like yeah, I was in the car with somebody all the time, um, but like now that being in MLW, like it's kind of I'm kind of in a weird spot because of how how I'm presented on TV. So it's like I also don't want to go and go to somewhere and wrestle for like twenty bucks or whatever, or no, like you're not above have that. a good can, match with somebody. I can say that you're above that. Yeah, yeah I'm above that, but like a lot of guys. A lot of guys, because oh, because they've been on dark or whatever, they think that they're above that too. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You went to dark, you got squashed or whatever. Yeah, you get like you get the notoriety, but like you're not a guy. Like they didn't they didn't sign you, they didn't offer you a contract, anything like that. You're not a guy. You're still learning. You're still getting your reps. So like, definitely hop in the car if you can hop in the car with people. And like try to get those reps in because like a lot of people think that they're ready. Um, I get messages every day about people trying to get on, get in, get into MLW, and I'm like, 
you you messaging me is not going to get you here. And even if it did, I don't think that this is the avenue that you want to come in because you can get signed by somebody and just be signed and just be a guy on the roster or whatever. No one really cares about you. Yes, you're collecting a check and that's cool, great, and awesome. But if you really love this business, you want to be, you know, showing the world your art or whatever every week. And people that just get signed and just get just get put on the shelf, they don't really get to do that. Um, I always tell guys, get over. Like, that's the way to get seen by all of these wrestling companies, whether it be WWE, AEW, MLW, Impact, NWA, all of them, New Japan. Getting over is always the better option. It's a longer road, and it's a lot harder to do sometimes. But like, if you get over and you cut, and then they come to you, and then they bring you in, now they have a vision for you, and then they're going to push you, and like, it's going to be a way better experience than trying to just come in and just be a guy on the roster or be right. a guy on the contract. Right, and I, I kind of want to, I try to do this because like right now people are listening to you, and they may have experienced you, they may have never watched mlw as of yet like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things and i'm a huge lucha underground and mlw is kind of where i i saturated after ecw like once ecw went away i kind of saturated in that because like it's my style it's my jam so if you don't mind like i'm gonna i'm gonna play a little clip so people can understand the difference between this alex kane and then the the suplex assassin in the ring is that cool yeah it's fine Okay, let's do this. Or try to anyway, right? Yeah. Now tonight, I'm going to shove this greasy, nasty, garbage, Philly cheese steak from Tony Luke's. Not Pat's. Tony Luke's. Not Pat's. Tony Luke's. Then the throat of my victim tonight. Now, if one of y'all want to step up and be that victim, we can do that too. Who wants it? Who wants it? You want it? I, oh, I, okay. I saw. All right. All right. The king quote kills mouth. me every time, dude. The Shut king quote here kills me. Shut your mouth. I suck. You think I suck. Taking this interactive, but maybe not the way we expect. I really wish I would have unwrapped it. I really <laughs> wish I would have unwrapped it. I didn't right? want to get it all over myself, but I wish I would have Never talk to a king like that, ho. After I said that, I was like, I really hope this, I hope nobody thinks this is corny. I really hope nobody thinks this is corny. I hope you will love that I said this. I, they do, man, because they it's it's the game, it's the sell. It's the psychology. It's all that behind it. And I think that's the coolest part is the, I, I was talking about so the lens I looked through is eighties um, and nineties. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm in Montana dude. JP's in Boston mass. My lens is always, it's a screen. I don't get the chance except maybe about once every three years, if it's local because of what I do and my priorities mm-hmm. to experience it live. So when I do like, I take it all in. And that's what I appreciate about you. And what we just talked about is that you don't dwell on the past. Like you're creating your future Yeah. and it, you along with so many others, right. Allow me to do that. You allow me to be a 10 year old kid again. Like you allow me, I'm not the dude picking it apart. I'm not the dude saying, Oh, that, Oh, this, Oh, that. If you're not looking through the lens of professional wrestling as a ten-year-old kid, then you're 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 you suck, man. You really suck. Because oh, mo- yeah, most definitely, <laughs> uh, most definitely. I wish everybody watched it through the lens of a kid, like, because like that's because I rem- like when I'm a, when I'm on TikTok and there's this whole thing called Wrestle Talk, and you have all of these creators, which some of them I'm friends with, and some of them are are, are what they are, but like. When I hear some of these people talk, I'm just like, dude, like, like you're entitled to your opinion. Cool. But, like, the way you be talking about some of us is, like, mad uncalled for. 
mad right. uncomfortable. You don't understand how how difficult this job really is. And then, like, especially for a lot of like the WWE superstars, like their job is ten times harder, right? Um, because of the stage, the the platform that they're on. So for you to sit here, not you, but for them to sit there in, in pick, general, I hear you. In general, yeah, to pick every little thing apart, like you've wrestled a match before. Like I don't care, I don't care how long you've been watching wrestling. Watching wrestling and actually wrestling are two very different things. I see that every day at training, anytime I'm there with young, with new people, like you've been watching wrestling this entire time. This shit should be easy, right? It's not. It's you. It's like they're like a they're like a like a like a like a deer fresh out the womb, like like <laughs> like skating, like skating. Like they don't they don't they don't know what to do with themselves. I don't know how it works. They see it on TV. And they're like, oh, it looks so easy. It looks so this looks so effortless. It looks so easy and effortless because these guys have been doing it for forever, um, and they're just really good at it. So like. When people are just like picking wrestling apart, picking matches apart, saying, "Oh, this person sucks, that person sucks," like you can you can say that somebody's care like from a character standpoint, I don't like this person. Like growing up as a kid, I could not stand Triple H. Triple H was a backstabbing, uh, lying, cheating, uh, little 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 weenie. He was just a weenie. Um, but like. Like Triple H in real life, yeah, I hope to meet that man one day. I just want to see how wide he is, um, right? And then, and then also ask him how he got how he built up his lats in two thousand. Like that. <laughs> That's my dream body. Um, but like as a character, yeah, you can say that this character sucks, but to say that somebody's ability is terrible or they can't wrestle. Like you've never done that before, and us as wrestlers, we're never gonna tell tell a fellow wrestler, "Oh, you suck," or "Oh, you can't wrestle," or whatever, unless they're being a dickhead, right? Um. So, like, but when you watch it from the lens of a kid, like how I used to watch it back in the day, then you're clued in on the characters. Now you don't like the person because their character because their character's an a hole or a dickhead, not because this person on social media is a dickhead or this person in real life is a dickhead. Because like that's I mean, th- don't get yeah, that should be handled. That should be handled with you know however right. you're handled internally. Um, but like. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here for what who you are on screen. Yeah, and that and that's I was never that person. Like as long as we've been doing this, as long as I've been watching the art, and that's what I call it, it's just an art for me, is I never want to pick somebody apart because that's their version. I mean, sometimes people have a great day. Other days, like it they're just off. Mm-hmm. And it and, and it happens. One thing I've learned, because like I I uh, a few days ago. No, yeah, a few days, not a few days ago, like a week or two ago, I started putting together like a character profile for myself um, because people always ask me, like, what's your character? What's your character? Right. Um, And I, for the longest time, was like, man, I really, I have a terrible time like explaining myself to people. Um, But especially as far as Alex Kane goes, I have a hard time explaining myself because I'm just being myself. Like, I'm not playing, I'm not playing a character. Like, this Alex Tan didn't come out of a book, like, anything like that. Like, I'm just being myself. Um, But, like, I still, like, wrote it out and I sent it to people. Um, A few of the producers at MLW and then, like, some of the bookers that I've worked for. Um, And what I realized with that is everybody sees you differently. 100%. Everybody sees you differently. It's right. it's a, it's it's a cultural bias, man. I'm telling everybody, it's it is a cultural bias that we're innately either born or or raised into, and everybody sees somebody they see a different version, right? Yeah, this every everybody has their own version of who you are. So, like trying to come up with this with with this like core of a character doesn't really work because. I I see myself one way, he sees me another way, he sees me another way, he sees me another way, or whatever. So, like, I can see myself like this, but how I see myself only matters as far as, you know, how the how I perform and stuff like that. But, like, even if I try to communicate that core of who I think I am to you, you're still going to uh, come to a different conclusion than I came to myself. Right. And I mean, that's just, it's, it's our, uh, it's it, man. It's just how we're raised and what we see things and how we're influenced. And 
I mean, I'm uh, real and honest. Like, I Eastern Montana, town of 500 people. I mean, the only black African American, whatever you want to refer to that as. Yeah. I didn't see somebody with um, that color of skin besides a Native American, which I grew up right off the reservation until I was probably 10 years old, mm-hmm. and that's when I my uh, grandparents flew me down to San Jose, and I hung out with my uncle, and we went to A's games, and we, you know, we hung out in Oakland, and I was awestruck. Man, I was just one, I was exhilarated mm-hmm. because like it was culture. And two, it, it helped me realize it's like, dude, there's a different world out here and I'm missing it. Like I'm yeah. really missing it. And I lost that a long way, a long time ago, but I got it back. And, and I, I try to relate that back to pro wrestling so much because if, if you're watching pro wrestling in, through that lens of, Oh my God, this guy is, he's horrible. And I can't believe he missed that spot. And you know, that's mm-hmm. that psychology and that mass. Like if you're picking this stuff apart, then you're missing what pro wrestling is about, and that's the storytelling. Like it's this. You can have a shitty story. Yeah, right? you're, gonna, you're in a bad story, definitely. Yeah, you can have a shitty story, but there's no shitty performance. Yeah, right. It's it's there's not. It, it's for though. I guess the reason I bring it up, man, is is because you tell the story. And I buy it. Like I can lose myself in you. And that's what's key for me and what I want to be. I want to be sold. Like if you're putting somebody in a head and arm, then you better be raking that thing and you better be putting your head down and you better keep twisting it. And you better, no, don't just sit there and look up the crowd and pander. Like you got to, if, cause that's where I get lost. Yeah. Is when not only the ride alongs, but being able to be sold, I sell me. Like, sell me who you are. Sell me what you are. And I think you do it better than a lot of people that are even in the WWE. And that's not me just trying to kiss your ass. It's the honesty because I've been watching a long time. And to see the reason we do these interviews is, and the reason we look is because it's such a cultural clash between what we just listened to and saw here mm-hmm. is, you know, <clears throat> don't talk to the king like that, ho. Yeah. And then this guy. That is, you are two different people, and that's what makes art art. You mentioned something when we started this, and we're huge on mental health. Like, how much, how much has the anxiety played in your life? Is that a daily thing? Like for uh, me, it's daily, dude. Like I wake up every day, and it's it's just I have ADHD. Same. Um, I've got PTSD. I've got same. all. I've got all of that. So, like, if you can. Just speak to how healthy of an outlet, maybe do, chasing your dream and doing what your dream Man, is, to how that gets you where you're at. I tell my wife all the time, like, <laughs> like everything else going on in life, like, gives me anxiety. Like, I'm always thinking about, like, what, like, how am I going to get to this next, this next thing or whatever, whether it be something big or something small. Um, but like with wrestling, like that's the only time that my brain is, my brain is like clear. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about what's going on in the ring or whatever, as far as the performance goes. But like, as long as my mind is clear and really at ease and I'm just. I'm in just, the moment, right? You're I'm just, just in, in it. The moment. I'm just in the moment. Um, I started taking uh, ashwagandha um, and that's really helped with my anxiety. Me too, man. Me stress. too. Um and then I bought like a bunch of other supplements today, um, but I don't think any of them have anything directly to do with anxiety. But like, I, you know, I, my life is pretty simple. Like I go to work, I go to the gym, which the gym used to be like an outlet, but it's not so much anymore. Now it's now from what I'm doing now, cause I started doing Olympic lifting. I started like teaching myself how to do Olympic lifting. Um, like That's it's insane, been man. fun. It's been a lot of fun. So like now I go to now I look forward to the gym now. So it is I guess now it's kind of an outlet now because it's like trying to like learn a new skill and like it doesn't. It's like I've been at it for like seven months now, um, and like just like every day you learn something new about yourself and you watch like thank God for TikTok and YouTube and all that other stuff right. you can watch like people like do it or whatever different ways to do different techniques and stuff like that. Um, but like I just try to I try to do I try to do the things that I enjoy. Um even sometimes you gotta every now and again you'll do stuff you don't enjoy, but like um every every day is a battle. 
every day is definitely a battle. Dude, I, I feel you on that. And it's uh, the key for me. And I think, tell me if I'm wrong, is the key for me when dealing with any, any anxiety associated with PTSD or, or anxiety associated with ADHD is I always make it a bigger issue than it really is. Yes. I yes. always feel like I am um, letting people down when mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. And the unrealistic expectations that I put on myself are off the chart. But there used to be the expectations I used to put on myself used to be so bad my head would hurt. Like, <laughs> but, but my head would hurt and my mind would be going at a thousand miles per hour thinking about it. And I'm like, there's no amount of thinking about this that is going to fix what is going on. You're either going to have to do something or let it ride and 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 you know figure it out at some other point. But like like my PTSD is from childhood. Like like Yeah. Like I they, I love, I love. those are referred to as adverse childhood experiences. So we all yeah. experience in them. Some of us just have more than others. Like I love my parents. I love my dad. I love my mom or whatever. But like even with even in them doing like the best that they could or whatever, they were still kind of shitty. Um, yeah. in that and like it, like they don't see it as trauma or anything like that which I guess I think that's generational um, but like knowing like with this beautiful thing about TikTok is like you get to you not so much interact with but like you get to see so many people that have like similar lives to you or have similar upbringings to you or whatever and like they talk about their stories and you're like oh shit like like I, I identify with that and stuff like that. So like you re- like over time you start to realize, gosh, I mean, like my parent, my dad always made sure that we always had what we needed or whatever and stuff like that. And he would go hungry sometimes um, uh, to make sure that we, that we ate, but like, like just some of his behaviors weren't like, when I look back on them now, I'm like, you know, you could you could have not have done that or whatever, um, because now this has led to me as a human being. Because I feel like a lot of parents don't think about like what I do to this kid now or how I treat this child now is he's, that child is going to carry this into adulthood. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm honestly telling you, man, that it, it's are you are you a parent? I'm not. I have not. Like, not yet. Nieces and nephews. No, I'm not. I will <laughs> not be. I have ten nieces and nephews, and I'm just gonna be the cool uncle. Yeah, yeah. Well, the day that you do become a father, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to not carry that generational stuff down. It's probably mm-hmm. one of the most difficult tasks that I've ever experienced. Like, if you could, uh, Marine Corps, what whatever I've done in my life. Being a parent is the most difficult job in the world because yeah, you, there's no manual for it. Like you just gotta figure this shit out, you gotta right? Figure and it, it out. and it's all oral tradition, and that oral tradition is whatever your parents decided to say to you and how they treated you is exactly how you're gonna treat your kids. And it's mm-hmm. there's no fault, there's no foul. Like my my parents probably my parents were great. Like they made sure that we had stuff. We they we traveled. We did sports. They made sure that we never went without. But the mm-hmm. stuff that went on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. that was generational. That was my mom and dad uh, acting out how their parents treated them and how mm-hmm. their parents treated them. And I really wanted to break that cycle. And See, that's the thing that scares me about becoming a parent, because like my <laughs> my my parents, like they did it, they did everything like their parents used to do, and what their parents, what their parents' parents used to do. Some of this shit is just like really fucking rough, and like like even as a kid, I'm like, this is so unnecessary or whatever. But nobody wants to listen to you because you're a kid and you don't know shit. Yeah, you don't um, know nothing, right? You're not a human being you don't yet. Nothing. You're not. You're, I'm not gonna treat you like a human being, but like. As an adult, I look back and I'm like, damn, bro. Like I see like my I see my nieces and nephews go through some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and like just to know like this is just this is how you know my brothers and sisters were raised. So like I I myself, I don't wanna get caught in like it, I guess like in that um 
we, none of us want to be our father, right? None, none of us really want to be our father at the Yeah, moment, like, I mean, no, my dad, like, I want to be better than my dad. Like, my dad's Period. always said that, like, be better than me. My dad's a pretty dope human being. Um, but you know, he's also, he, he has his own struggles. Like, that's yeah. the thing that we forget. I think a lot of people forget is like, yeah, they're the parent or whatever. Yeah. They're going to try to do their best, but they also have their own shit going on in their lives. 100%. So the kid has their shit going on or whatever. Family's got the shit going on. And then this person as an individual has their own shit going on. Um, and whether they whether they want to whether they wanted to treat you a certain way or not or whatever it happened you can't take it back like once the once the once the bullet leaves the chamber you can't get it back it's it's, it's, it's got to hit something it's got to go into something um so that's the thing that scares me about having kids cuz like i don't want to i don't want to be my parents like i don't want to inflict this trauma on this person on this being that didn't even ask to be here. Yep. I brought you here because most what do most parents say? I wanna I wanna continue on my legacy. Right. Know, like I didn't you didn't ask to be here, but I brought you into this world or whatever. So I don't want to treat you like garbage or whatever. And then you carry that on to the childhood. And now you got all these different mental mental issues going on. And like the worst thing about my parent my parents is they be trying to deny that shit like it didn't happen. And I'm like <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm crazy. I was I was fortunate because you know my my dad and I had a talk. It, there was there was a lot of stuff that happened afterwards, and like being able to hear him say "I'm sorry" and me to say "I'm sorry" and have a totally different relationship was a game changer. And I've had to do that same thing with my kids because I was a horrible father, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it was just like you said, we all go through our shit, and we don't know what our parents are going through at that point in time, mm-hmm. and you know anxiety is a, is a motherfucker. It, yeah. it, you and you mix that with PTSD and all the other stuff. Um, you have to be a superhuman. And I'm, I'm, I mean that with all respect, you have to, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be a superhuman just to put your legs on the ground and get your ass out of bed. Superhuman or medicated. One of the two, like <laughs> I used to always like, I used to always wonder like how like so many people like smoke weed and stuff or do or eat edibles. And I'm like, once I like started to get it into edibles, I was like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. There's no, how, how people are raw dogging life. without yeah something nicotine thc something is insane and like for a minute there like i want to say about like three months like i didn't vape or anything like that um and like life is good i guess but like the, you're, just, I, what, you're like what the hell this is why am i choosing yeah, why, to do this why am i doing like why am i choosing to do this or whatever and then like i started like doing like edibles and stuff. I'm like, I'm just replacing one thing with another. Right. Right. I'm the, I'm of the same venture, man, is we can't, we can't control what happened to us. We can't, but I can definitely control moderate Mm -hmm. with assistance, whether it's CBD or THC or manufactured methamphetamines through ADHD drugs or Mm -hmm. Kratom or or whatever you want to do. Like everybody has, I'd be seeing it at all the Indian shops, but all the Indian gas stations. It's a it's a flower, right? Mm-hmm. It's a plant, um, and it acts. It has the same properties as opioids, but okay. you don't have the horrible like if you've got pain. Like I've got um, degenerative disc disease in my back, mm-hmm. so I have constant pain. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me cloudy. It doesn't affect my judgment. It doesn't do anything other than alleviate the pain. But the difficult is it's like THC. You've got to figure out what strain works for you because some make you tired, some amp you up, um, mm-hmm. some do both. So it's not outlawed. It's just an unregulated substance in the States that – Google it, man. There's a, there's a lot of um, positive benefits to it. Mm-hmm. It's just like anything else. you got to find out what your, you know, what your gig is and make sure that it, it manages. I mean I'm yeah. – I, I, I take four in the morning. I take four in the afternoon. I'm not – I'm not taking pain meds that are making me loopy or adjusting my brain chemically the way that I don't want them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I try to stay all natural and you're right, man. The THC, Kratom, all of that, it just, it, I don't get high. I get yeah. level. I, I it, yeah. it, it makes me, in my mind, that I'm equal to you now because I perceive you as normal in this world. Mm-hmm. So now I feel normal. I'm not. Yeah. 
tensed up. I'm not all over the place. I'm just me. Yeah, that's that's what we all need. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No kids, but I kind of want to revisit when you're watching wrestling with your dad. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you. It's hard for parents, right? Because you, when your kid says, "Hey, I'm going to be a professional wrestler," do you, did he talk back to you? Did he say anything he, like, "Hey"? He was. He's always been. He's always been supportive of you know me being a professional wrestler. Um, because like one thing that he's always known about me is if I set my mind on something, I'm going to I'm I'm, I'm going to go at it full steam ahead, and nothing's going to stop me. Uh, so yeah, he could have been like, no. Or whatever, like, no, don't do that, or whatever. But, like, he wasn't. He was like, yo, look, if you're going to do this, do it, but be the best at it. Um, so that was that was, that was was cool of him. Yeah. It, it says, I mean, it says a lot about who you are and his character. Like, he's not going to discourage you from that. He doesn't didn't dismiss it. He's like, if you're going to do it, be the best at it. Yeah. And that's, dude, that's, that's solid advice, right? I mean, you, you probably would want to give that to your kids someday. Huh? Uh, yeah, if that if kids ever happen, kids ever happen. My <laughs> wife, when we, me and my wife got together, like she was gung ho about it. She's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have kids, yada yada yada." And then she starts to see like how her, both her best friends have kids now, and she's yeah, it changes, how, man. It changes everything. It changes their life and how they act or whatever. She's like, mm, "I don't know if I want to be that. I don't know if I want to be that." So. I think it comes with age, man. Once you once you have uh, as much wisdom as you could probably get at that point in time. I my first kid when I was twenty. If I could do oh, it all wow. over again, I'd have waited at least till I was forty because I think that changes an individual's perception on life and how they parent. And I, I, it's it's difficult, but I'm I'm super proud of uh, the ability to just be the dad that I am and know that. No matter what we do in life, just like AR, that that aura, that's mm-hmm. what I want to present to people. Is mm-hmm. just I'm here, I'm genuine, and I'm real. And uh, I think you do that in the ring in MLW. And how much has it changed for you with like the Reels TV and every Tuesday? Not you just individually, but like the people that you're working with. I mean, you're working with those guys from up in Canada. I mean, how, how many other people can say that? Man, it's, um, I don't, I think with the, with like a lot of like the real stuff, like we didn't like the clip that, that, that happened. I thought that was just going to be on fusion or whatever. Like the real thing kind of like came out of nowhere. It was like, Oh shit. We about to be on national television. Okay. All right. Um, but, like, we've always, I guess as far as, like, a locker room goes, we've always had, like, we've always all been on the same page or whatever as far as, like, the, like, putting on the best show possible um, and, like, helping each other out where we where we can help each other out. Um, but, like, it is definitely cool to, you know, have the platform and to have people who wouldn't necessarily ever watch like a YouTube show or something like that, have that chance to see us on TV. It's, it's been really, really cool. Does it, um, does it change your, I mean, obviously it's probably changed. Um, I shouldn't say that. Has it changed how you approach things now knowing that you, you've got to, you got to get out there and perform because it's national television or are you the type of professionals that no matter if it's a one person or a hundred thousand, you're going to give it all. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it all regardless. Um, because oh, like MLW has always been like, we've always worked everything like TV anyway. So it being on reels now or whatever, that's just, putting us on a different on a, on a bigger platform but like the product has always been like a tv style product anyway so i've been been prepared for being prepared for this since like day one of me wrestling for mlw well really yeah day one of wrestling I, for MLW. I dropped my uh hulu live and i signed up for sling and added reels just to make sure that i didn't miss it like that's it's important, man. And 
how important, not only that, but how important is people, because we're giving away a t-shirt, man. We're giving one of your t-shirts away. And when yeah. we get done here, when we get done here I'm going to, I'm going to, well, we're buying two because we're going to end up giving one away. And then I'm going to have one and sport that around so the kids can ask me all about <laughs> what that's all about. So I could let them know. But um, your socials. Uh, where do you hang out the most if people want to talk to you? I know you, you, you talked a little bit about individuals reaching out to you and like MLW, like, can you speak to those that want to work or looking to work? Give your AR Fox speech kind of as Alex Kane speaking to, because we have a lot of people that listen to us that are, they're independent fans. And a lot of them are on that edge. Like you were like, if you could give yourself advice back then, like how, how do you do it? How do you get to where you're at right now? Um, find there's, there's, there's credible schools everywhere. Um, I would find one closest to you, somebody that's done something in the business. And I don't mean they did something 50 years ago. I mean, they they done something recently, right? Um, like 20, 30 years tops. Um, but like find a credible school um, that's not like just because it's super expensive doesn't mean that it's the best school to go to. Like when I signed up for the A4, it was the best deal out there. It was like third, I think it was like thirteen hundred for three years. How why that was a thing I don't know. Now it's like fifteen hundred or six hundred per year. But at the time it was thirteen hundred for a year. So like find something that's affordable, that's within your budget, that's credible. Um, uh, watch as much wrestling as possible. Not, but watch it from a fan standpoint, like from that little, from that ten-year-old kid standpoint. Um, but also watch it from like that professional standpoint. Like, okay, I may be able to use this spot, or maybe, oh, I like that spot, or I like how he sold that, or you know, I like how he how he executed this. Um, uh, and like when 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 you're in that first like couple months of wrestling training, like. Watch nothing else but wrestling. Wrestling is is everything. Anytime you're watch, anytime there's a screen in front of you, you should be watching wrestling, um, because like the the more wrestling that you watch, the 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 easier the uh, the the structure and psychology will come along. Um, it won't be perfect, but it'll come to you a lot easier. Because um, once you have this, once you have the structure of a match like down or whatever. You can do whatever you want um, within that structure. Um, uh, um, ask ask a lot of questions. Um, there's no stupid questions in wrestling. There are also no facts in wrestling either. Like right, there are just there are things that work well and other things that don't work well. And then sometimes those things that don't work well don't work well for everybody, but work great for somebody else. But there are no facts in wrestling. Um, you got to find, you got to get in where you fit in. Um, what else? What else? Um, you don't, you don't have to like, you don't have to come up with a character that like is out, out of like a book or like a movie or something or whatever. You just got to find a persona or a character that you can get behind 100% and that you can deliver on every single time. Um, I know if you've watched wrestling or any like independent wrestling uh, interviews and stuff, like guy, you always hear guys say the moves don't matter, and they don't. Um, in my case, being a suplex assassin, me throwing suplexes is something I have to do or whatever. But like that's something that I can deliver on because I have a background in you know amateur wrestling and collegiate wrestling. Um, so that's why I am who I am. Or whatever. Find something that's true to you, um, and and rock with that. Don't be trying to be somebody else. When I started, I wasn't trying to be Taz. Honest, honest to God, and somebody may shoot me for this, but I knew who Taz was. I didn't know. I didn't know about ECW Taz. So like, that's all good. It's a generation thing, man. It's a generational um, thing. Like for me, it was like mainly watching like Brock Lesnar, but I had to get away from Brock Lesnar too, um, and be my <laughs> and be my own thing. Like you can. You can draw inspiration from people, but like, don't be trying to be just like them. Like, add your own little flair and tang to it, because like, just about everything in wrestling has already been done, or whatever. Things are just being brought back and like respun, 
or whatever. So find something to respin that it, that you don't see a lot, you know, on your scene or whatever, or you know, at the shows that you go to and rock with that. Um, but yeah, if you want to be a, if you want to be an MLW fighter, because that's what they call them online. Yeah, I don't yeah. like saying superstar because I don't want a WWE everything. Right, right. Uh, you want to be a fighter for MLW? Like, just get like find like take all that character advice and get over it. Get over it. If you believe in if you believe in what you are presenting one hundred percent, you will get over it. No matter what, somebody somebody will identify with what you are putting out there. You just got to commit to it. Be be you or be somebody that you think you could be, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we, we've reached our hour, man, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time. Um, we're going to tweet out the winner here in, in a little bit um, once we uh, disseminate the podcast out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, I, um, uh, I can't tell you how much I respect you, how much I appreciate you, and uh, how much I look forward to seeing where you end up, man and what you do with the rest of your career. I'm excited to see it too. We're going to both be along for the ride. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, gonna, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to be living in the moment. So until then folks, um, follow Alex Kane. It's at Alex underscore Kane, K A N E 11. Um, and man, uh, as always, TW Mafia, we will uh, see you next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>